welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. How are you doing today? Are you going, doing swimmingly? <laughs> Good, because my guest today is doing swimmingly, um, and literally she's doing swim- swimmingly. Uh, her name is Angel Moray, and she is one amazing young girl. She's 16 years old, but she has already done more things on a bucket list I don't think she calls it a bucket list at 16, but more things on her bucket list than most people do when they're heading towards the bucket. (laughs) Um, Angel, we're going to be talking to her today, not just because of all her uh, amazing achievements that we'll talk about, of course, but um, but what today, and that is because um, she is going to do on July 27th in just a few days, she is going to be doing another major swim. And um, when she does her swimming, it is primarily to benefit um, Children International, which is a global humanitarian nonprofit organization that helps children and families escape the cycle of poverty. So she's not just doing it to get wet, (laughs) And to have people cheer, although, of course, that is a benefit, but she is trying to help other people. Now, when I uh, heard about her, what made me interested in having her on the show is um, I want to know what makes, you know, of course, as a psychiatrist, I see lots and lots of kids, uh, treat lots of kids. Um, see kids in the judicial system who have gotten in trouble or kids who are the, uh, you know, the product of divorce, um, being caught up in a divorce and custody case. I see all kinds of kids in all kinds of situations. And um, it is fascinating to me how some kids um, wind up becoming superstars like Angel and other kids get lost along the way. And, of course, you know, if you trace it back, you will find um, traumas that they had or problems, um, you know, their parents weren't as, as paying as much attention to them to um, sacrifice things for their children. Um, something happened to them, you know, just all kinds of different stories that made their potential, because all children are born I mean, yes, some have different talents than others, true. But um, all all children are born with a lot of potential. And it is sad to see uh, potential going to waste because of problems that crop up. And at the same time, it is also thrilling to see children who have um, gone on the right track and have made incredible accomplishments. And again, I'm not just talking about all of the swimming accomplishments that she's done, and I'll tell you about those. But, um, but you know, the idea of donating, doing this for money, getting people to, um, to contribute money towards, well, Angel will tell you how it works, but anyhow, oh, that the money ultimately is donated to a charity to help other people. So, Angel, welcome to the show. I want to start off by asking you all about your life, (laughs) your 16 years, Um, mainly about, uh, well, let let me tell people, first of all, you have been swimming since you were two years old, and at age 11, no, wait, age 10, you became the youngest girl to climb Mount Kilimanjaro the highest point in Africa, and the tallest freestanding mountain in the world. So clearly you had parents (laughs) who were overachievers or who wanted you to be an overachiever. So I'm going to ask you all about your parents. But first, let me make you feel comfortable by telling you two of my swimming stories. (laughs) Not, not Not like yours. 
Um, my first swimming story started when I was, or happened when I was seven years old. And I went to day camp. And the day camp had a lake. And in order to get to be in the group of kids who would be beyond the part where you can touch the ground all the time, you know, the little guppies, I think they might have called them, um, the baby pool, <laughs> uh, to get beyond that, you had to pass a test. And the test you had to pass was to um, swim across the lake. That wasn't a big lake. It was really more like a pond. <laughs> but, um, but it did, you know, after the beginning, after the early part near the shore, it got to be, um, well, it, it gradually got to be more and more where you couldn't stand. And so how did I, uh, and I was only seven years old. I mean, I had been swimming a little bit, but, um, but you know, it was pretty scary to go to the parts where you couldn't touch the ground. So what did I do? <laughs> Tell us about my character at seven years old. Um, I walked across most as much as far as I could walk, and I moved my arms as though I was doing the crawl, the swimming stroke, the crawl, and um, and by the time I couldn't touch the bottom even with my tippy toes anymore, I was pretty near the other side. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I did have to swim the rest of the way. <laughs> That's one story. Um, I don't think you ever had a story like that because you were swimming since you were two. Can you relate to that at all? Um, I, yeah, I've been swimming for a really long time, but I do, um, I've always had to take tests to, like, move up to, like, a different level, so I definitely can relate on that aspect. Uh-huh. And then my my next story is a little more, a little better. Um, my grandparents had a house on Lake Mayopac which is um, a town 50 miles north of New York City, which is where I was born and raised in, in New York City. And um, so we used to go up there all the time in the summers and also sometimes during the rest of the year. And um, I, there, it was, that was a real lake. That was a pretty big lake. I think it was a nine-mile lake, if I remember properly. And in the middle of the lake was an island. And so every summer... I would swim from our house. We had a, our house was on the lake. So from our pier to the island and back. And I had um, somebody, usually my father or my older cousin in a rowboat um, rowing near me, one, so that I wouldn't be run over by people in motorboats, <laughs> and two, so that if anything ever happens, you know, I would have that safety net. So that is the, my biggest, um, my biggest uh, achievement in swimming. And that was quite, um, I mean, I'll, I remember the feeling of that. And I can relate to you. Of course, you were swimming. You have been swimming and are swimming many more miles, much longer distances. But, you know, what I remember is coming to a point where you get tired. And um, you think, uh, or I think, or I thought, um, I, I, I am going to, I'm definitely going to make it to the other side and back again. Um, I mean, I am not going to give up. I'm going to, I want to do this. I, I, this is important and I want to do it. But you also feel like, oh my God, you know, I'm, I'm getting more and more tired and I'm swallowing water and, uh, you know, am I really going to be able to do this? And then there's all kinds of reasons why you keep on going and you manage to do it. So, can you relate to that? Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. That happens to me on almost all my swims where I am questioning if I can make it or not. Um, But I think I've developed a pretty strong mental game where I think about, like, how good I'll feel when I finish, and I'm sure you felt the same way thinking about, like, how important the swim is to you and how you know you can do it. So just, like, remembering those things and then being able to push forward. Mm-hmm. Well, so, okay, so let's start back to when you were two or even before that. Tell me about your family. Tell me about your parents. Where, um, where do your ancestors come from? Where, tell me about your parents, where, are they athletes? Just before we get to you and two years old, let's talk about your, your ancestors. 
Uh, yeah, sure. So um, I am from India, and my my parents were both born and raised there. Um, my dad and my mom both never were taught how to swim, so my dad still does not know how to swim. My mom did go to, like, a pool nearby and learn herself. Um, but even though they don't swim, they do a lot of other um, really cool activities. So my dad, right now, he's training for a 100-mile bike ride, and then um, my mom and my dad both love to hike. So we've oh, I've grown up in this type of environment where we're always, like, hiking or um hiking or biking um, or doing just something in the nature or just outside being active. And because of that, I think that's where a lot of my um, my passion for, like, being super active comes from. Um, my parents uh, have been – so we've been – we live in the Bay Area, and we've – I've lived here my whole life. My dad first lived in Florida, but then – um, for he went to college in Florida and then came um, moved to the Bay Area, um, and then I have a younger sister who is 11 years old, and um, yes. So, um, so you were born in the Bay Area. Yeah. So, what made them? Do you think the fact that they didn't know how to swim made them want to make sure that it too you you learned? Yeah, so I went to, like, the mommy and me classes and was always enrolled in swimming classes um, for two reasons. First, in the beginning, to make sure I knew how to swim since it's pretty important. Like, if you – we were always, like, out and about, and, like, if we went on a cruise, let's say, like, they wanted to make sure I could swim in the pools there or, like, if I fall off board, like, I'll be able to survive. So that was their first thing, like, the whole safety aspect of it. But then also my mom mm-hmm. has always wanted to learn how to swim, and she's, she, like, grew up, like, watching Olympics and just being in awe of swimmers, and so she thought that I may enjoy it too, and so she enrolled me in swimming classes because of that. Huh, interesting. Um, so when did it... When did people, So, but you're saying that your mother and father still don't know how to swim, or your mother did take lessons? Um, no, so my dad does not know how to swim, and my right. mom, though, she, like, taught herself, so she can, she can swim. She taught herself, huh? Okay. Yeah. So when did it become clear um, that you had some extra talent in swimming? Um, well, I, when I was younger, I, I never really thought of extra talent or anything. I just think that I like to swim and I just will always do it. And, um, so from a young age, I've been in like swim teams where it's all about being fast and having the speed. And, um, as I was growing up, I just wasn't fast or I did, I wasn't the fastest one on the team, but I did like to swim longer distances. So I started doing longer um, events in the pool, which led me to want to try um, swims in the ocean, and which eventually led me to where I am now. So I've just always continued to want to challenge myself and wanted to swim more um, just for the sake of swimming, and that's kind of why I like to swim so much. Okay. And... Um, are you, like, what is your goal besides enjoying it and, and making money for charities? Do you, I mean, is there, um, I guess I don't, I don't know the answer to this, is there an Olympic sport that relates to distance, a marathon yeah. swimming event? Yeah, so there is a six-mile Olympics um, swim that you can, that many swimmers do. I personally don't think I would want to do that because I, First of all, the, the swimmers that six, swim the six-mile swims are super-duper fast, and I, I'm, not, I'm not nearly as fast as them. But another thing that I just like to swim as a competition against myself and as something that I can look back at, like, oh, I did this, like I did 10 miles last year, but this year I did 20 miles and just kind of improving on myself. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um. Well, I'm going to uh, tell people some of the things that you um, have done. Let me, <laughs> you could take, uh, let's see, 
Well, well, okay. Before I do that, because I'm trying to do this chronologically, let's um, let's talk about. Uh, but, so, but wait, between two and ten. So, did like when you went to school or the or the swimming classes that you were in um, were people telling when you were a little girl, less than ten? Um, were people telling your parents, you know, you're an amazing swimmer, that kind of thing? Oh, um, no, I just, I, um, it never was like, I, I never was like, oh, Angel's like an amazing swimmer, she should try this. It was just more of me liking to be in the water. I've, I haven't been like a super great swimmer or anything. I think it's just like the mental aspect of it that I have and the passion I have for swimming. Well, you know, it's interesting, um, and I think you're being very humble, <laughs> but um, it's interesting because that mental thing of not stopping, you know, um, pushing yourself is is really going to be serving you well. It's already been serving you well. We, we can get to that um, in so many different ways because, I mean, that's what, it, that's what life is all about, uh, not giving up, you know, whether it's how many miles in a swim or how many... Um, and, you know, pushing for some other goal in your life and not giving up, even, you know, pushing past obstacles and that kind of thing. Um, so mm-hmm. when, we, when we come back, I don't want to start it now because we have to take a break, but when we come back, I want to go to 10, you know, your 10-year-old feet, um, <laughs> your feet literally, um, when you became the youngest girl to cl- climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And I want to know, I'm sure everybody else wants to know, how that came about. I can't imagine that there were too many other people near that age climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. So when we come back, we're going to talk more with Angel Moray, um, an amazing, not just an amazing swimmer, and I'll tell you some of the, uh, her accomplishments, but, um, but obviously an amazing young woman who um, sticks to what she wants to do, has this stick-to-itiveness to keep going miles and miles and miles. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Here today with Angel Moray. She is the spokesperson for a charity called Children International, 
a global humanitarian nonprofit organization that helps children and their families escape poverty. And she is an amazing swimmer. And we're talking to her today because on July 27th, she is going to swim across Estero Bay, which is a 14-mile journey. And she's doing this to bring awareness to Children International, to this charity. She's a world champion teen swimmer. Last year, 2018, she became the youngest person. She's 16, so she was 15, presumably, when she did it last year, to complete the California Triple Crown Marathon, which is swimming a series of three open water solo marathon swims. Um, She will tell us about this, but right now we're up to only age 10, not 15. So, and at age 10, she became the youngest girl to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. So, um, Angel, tell us about how that came about. Yeah, so my dad dad, um, really has always wanted to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. It's one of his passions to hike. And every weekend, my family and I would do some type of hike. So around that same time, he was talking to his friends, asking, like, does anyone want, does anyone want to come do this hike with me? It's um, going to be really fun. And none of his friends wanted to do it. But then I, was, I okay. thought, like, oh, I would love to do it. It seems like such a fun thing to do. And it's um, in Tanzania, which I, I had never been. So I told him I want to do it, and he said, oh, then I would, then let's do it together. And my mom at the time didn't, wasn't sure she wanted to do the hike, but after hearing that I was going to go, she said, oh, now I have <laughs> to come and to make sure that um, Angel's safe. And so she yeah. came along as well, and um, so did my younger sister. Um, so my younger sister, her name is Amber, and so she came to um, along with us, and she actually did... She hiked the first, so the whole hike, the whole Mount Kilimanjaro hike is seven days long, um, and six days you're going up, one day to come down. And so my sister hiked for the first three, the first three days and then was carried to a base camp. But at the time, she was only five years old, so she was not allowed to go up to the summit. So she had to stay at the base camp, and we had a, to, uh, we had like, one of our guides with her, and so me and the rest of my family on that last day, on the sixth day, um, hiked to the top and then came down um, all together as a family. That is amazing. Amazing. So um, what, what is your sister's um, you know, main sport? I assume she has one. Yeah, so she does synchronized swimming, and... Um, she used to do gymnastics and swimming, and she liked both of them, but didn't have enough time to commit to each one. So she thought she would um, kind of do both of them at the same time and decided to do synchronized swimming. Huh. That's interesting. And um, does she do any kind of competitions with that? Yeah, so she actually just went to um, San Diego for a competition and. Uh, for nationals, and so her team came third. So she's she's doing really well in um, in her team. Huh. You know, let me um, backtrack a little bit. What kind of work um, do your parents do? Uh, so my my parents both have their own company. It's they um, it's a financial a software company for um, financial software. And so they can work anywhere in the world as long as they have their laptop. Uh-huh. And so because of that, they've been able to kind of take us to Tanzania or wherever um, and been able to drive us to our swimming um, and always be there. Uh-huh. I, I, well, I had said at the very beginning that they must be overachievers. So, yes, <laughs> yes, I guess they are, and, um, and yes, it certainly does help that they can do their work from wherever so that they can, you know, um, really, really uh, be there to nurture you and your sister. Um, yeah. So, so how was that? What was that like, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro? It was, um, it was very different to anything I had done. I... I hike near my house because we live in the hills, so I've been able to just 
go outside and me and my family can do like a 10-mile hike just outside. Um, so being able to go to a whole different country and hiking um, on this mountain that's so well-known was just, it was an amazing experience. I saw ants that seemed like they were out of like movies, like they were, they looked so different. They, and um, I remember one day there was mist all around, so it was super, super like misty and you can't really see anything, but then you could see those really cool plants just around you. So the experience itself was amazing and I had a really good time. And then I, I remember on the day of the summit day, the day we were hiking to the summit, we had to um, wake up super early. So I wake up super early now because of all my symptoms, but back then as a 10-year-old who didn't really like to wake up too early, <laughs> getting up super early and having to climb was really hard, but um, we had like we got to see the sunrise as we hiked, so it was really pretty. Mm, mm. Well, that sounds great. Was there any kind of, um, I mean, were there rules? Like did you have to get special permission, you and your sister, um, for what you did, for what you each did? Yeah, so you, the rule is that you can't summit the mountain unless you are 10 years old. So what had happened was my sister was five years old, and I was actually nine for the majority to hike. I actually turned 10 on base camp, and base camp is the last stop before you go up to the summit. So I was able to go from base camp to the top of the mountain, but my sister since um, she was five, she couldn't go past base camp. Um, so we had to get, like, special permit, and we had to let all the rangers know beforehand and then my passport, like, yeah, she, mm, she's 10 years old. Um, so I was allowed to climb to the top. Uh-huh. And um, did you know or did your parents know ahead of time, and is that why they did it, that you were, if you did climb to the top, that you would be the youngest girls to climb? I mean, yeah, was that so part of were, why they took the trip? Yeah, so you we were able to plan it so that I um, actually had, like, my birthday on the base camp, and so I would be, like, exactly 10 years old when I reached the top. Uh-huh. But we, we all knew the rules. Um, and actually, that's why we chose to do Mount Kilimanjaro during that time because we were thinking of doing it earlier, but I wouldn't have been able to go to the top, so we waited an extra year uh-huh. and then went. Mm-hmm. And so you were the youngest girl. Was there were there boys who were younger who got to the top? Yeah. So um, there was another boy who had done it, but he did it when he was um, below the age of ten. And so, but he he did it. How, do you know how old he was? Yeah, he was nine years old. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good. And then you came along. Um, so, um, well, let's, let me mention some of your swimming feats. First of all, um, so besides you've been setting records for hiking like we just talked about and swimming, and you've raised more than $58,000 for Children International along the way. And um, you swam... Uh, well, you know what you swam. Let me talk to my listeners. Mm-hmm. Listeners, she swam. <laughs> Angel Moray swam uh, the Santa Barbara Channel, which is a 12-mile swim between Anacapa and the California mainland. She has swum the Catalina Channel, a 20-mile swim between Santa Catalina Island and Rancho Palos Verdes that took her 14 and a half hours. In August 2018, she swam the length of Lake Tahoe, which is a 21.3-mile swim that took her 15 hours. And um, she completed her first open swim, a 1.5-mile, 40-minute swim from Alcatraz Island in the San Francisco Bay back to shore. Now, what is the I live in, well, I'm from New York, but I live in California now, so I know all these different places. Um, that you've been swimming to and from. So what does it mean, though, that this was the first, uh, let's see, the Alcatraz Island, from Alcatraz Island to the shore was the first open swim. What does that mean? How is that different from the other swims? Oh, I think that was, so I think that was the first swim I did in the 
um, bay, like the San Francisco Ocean. And so I, so I did that in 2014, um, and I was 11 years old when I did that. So. so, oh, so, okay. So, so you did that, the, oh, I see. So that, it's because, in other words, it was the first open swim that you did, and you did that at 11, because these other ones are open swims, right? From Santa right, Barbara. Yeah. Um, to, yeah. They're all open swims, but okay, so I get it. So the, the first one of these open swims was when you were 11. Got it. And then last year, 2018, you, uh, she did an, uh, a swim called Escape from Alcatraz to Escape from Poverty because, as you will remember, her, the um, charity that she swims for um, helps people get out of poverty. So her, she called the swim from Escape from Alcatraz to Escape from Poverty. Very clever. Um, that was a swim around Alcatraz that raised more than $8,000 for Children International. Um, I have been to Alcatraz, and <laughs> that certainly is an open swim. I mean, what about, um, so, okay, when you do these open swims, you know, I was er- talking earlier about how I had my father or an older cousin um, in a rowboat swimming next to me or in front of me so that uh, rowboats, I mean, motorboats wouldn't run me over uh, because there were a lot in the lake and so that in case I needed help, they would be nearby. But, of course, I was always too proud to (laughs) tell them I needed help. Um, But anyhow, um, so do you have, is there somebody uh, in a boat or something, a... a, uh, a backup for you when you're doing these incredible swims in the middle of the ocean? Yeah, so I the I always have a boat next to me and on the boat I have food and water. I'm not allowed to get on the boat or touch the boat because of the open water swimming rules, but if I need um, every half an hour I have something to drink, um, which is it's a mix of electrolytes and juice. And I'll have that every half an hour, and they'll, like, throw a bottle at me. I'll drink it, and I can throw it back. But for some swims, I'm even, I have not only a boat, but I also have a kayaker alongside of me, which just a what? makes it a, what? a kayaker. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I'm, yes. it, it makes the whole swim just much more safer. Because they're protecting you from two sides? Yeah, it's protecting me from two sides, but also the character can kind of ask me questions, make sure, because something that happens a lot in open water swimming is that uh, people get hypothermic, and it's hard to figure that out. So if you have a character, they're more likely to be able to figure that out, like see how you're doing, talk to you. Um, They also can, um, they're just like quicker to like pull you out of the water if you need to be pulled out. Uh-huh. So what kind of boat is it that I, I take it it's not a rowboat. What kind of boat is it? Um, yeah, it's like a That's small, like, motorized boat. Um, it depends on the swim. It can be, like, a bigger boat. Some of my swims have sailboats. Um, but, yeah, it's just like a smaller motorized boat. Uh-huh. Okay. So, um... So, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, also maybe um, depending upon the weather, I guess um, if you could get heat stroke if it's super hot or, um, I mean, I guess there are other things besides hypothermia. Can you, can you, what other kinds of things, I mean, of course, the main thing is just getting exhausted, right? Right, yeah, so you can get... Um, exhausted, you can get hypothermic. You also, um, which kind of plays into exhaustion, but if you're not intaking enough calories while you're swimming, so every half an hour, as I said before, I have like the juice and the um, electrolytes to keep me going, but if you don't have enough of that, you'll get even more tired. Um, another thing is that there, so one of the swims that I'm going to do in September, it's a swim across Monterey Bay. They get, there's jellyfish, and so you can get stung by jellyfish and have mm. to get out. Um, wildlife doesn't normally play a factor, but there it is still there. It's the open ocean, so there are jellyfish, and they're 
could be dolphins and whales and sharks, but um, for the most part, animals don't really, they like, might be curious of what exactly you're doing, but once they, they kind of see the situation, they tend to not want to come close to you. But have you ever been swimming when a shark came close? No, I've never um, seen a shark or no one has, no one on my crew has seen a shark. But um, some of my swims, there will be dolphins um, near me or one of my swims, they actually saw a whale. Mm, wow. Huh. <laughs> huh. Not so, uh, a little more dangerous than swimming across a lake, I might say. Well, we need to take another break. When we come back, um, I'm going to ask you more about the other parts of your life besides swimming um, because you <laughs> you presumably have another life. Um, and also about your sister and, and your family and friends and, and whether this allows much time, to you, whether your family lets you start dating or even meeting boys or, um, you know, what it's like to be doing, uh, what some of the, some of the other obstacles are besides sharks. So we will come back in a minute for Angel Moray. Um, I hope you're writing a book, Angel. I hope you're keeping track of all these things that you're doing and maybe someday um, write a book. Are you thinking about that? Not even just about, not like necessarily just to tell people how to swim long distances or uh, marathons, but, but um, to give to give kids, like it would be good to do uh, a YA, a young adult, book um, to encourage kids to, to have this kind of stamina, you know, to keep on going, keep on going, even when it's tough um, in their life, just in general. Well, we can talk more about that when we come back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch, where I am talking with Angel Moray. She is an amazing young woman, uh, an amazing swimmer, and we're going to hear more about, I'm sure, other things that she is amazing in in the rest of her life. Um, what is it? I mean, this must take a lot of practice, right? Uh, I'm back to swimming now. Um, I mean, how many do you, in order to keep in shape for swimming, for these marathon swims, how, how do you do that? Yeah, so I do a lot of swimming both in the ocean but also in the pool. So 
During the weekdays, I swim primarily in the pool since um, it's much easier to get to a pool than the ocean from where I live. And but mm-hmm. on the when I have school, I do want to still practice in the ocean. So I do a few times a week um, where I wake up at 3.30 a.m. and then leave my house at 4 and then get to the San Francisco Bay at 4, um, at 5 um, a.m. And I swim there from 5 to 7 and then um, from there I go to school. So that's, I kind of am able to squeeze in time for me to swim in the ocean um, during the weekdays. And then on the weekends, I tend to swim all in the ocean. Wow. So that <laughs> that is determination, getting up at four <laughs> to, uh, did you say three or four? Uh, 3.30. Okay. <laughs> and, and going out there to swim before school. So let's talk about school. Um, you are in high school. Um, what um, Do you go to a special high school or a public school? What? So I go to a private school, and I'm a rising senior. Uh-huh. And you were telling me during the break that you're applying to colleges. So how are you picking, um, or how did you pick, which colleges to apply to? Did did you ha- did you pick colleges only colleges that were near the ocean? Um, well, I've I've been living in California my whole life, so I do want to move um, from. I want to move from the West Coast, and I I have been looking at East Coast colleges. But yes, most of the colleges I'm looking at are near some type of body of the body of water. Majority of them are near um, the coast. So I can just I can get, drive over to. Um, the ocean whenever I can. Uh huh. And um, I mean, of course, it must be a plus when you apply that they all want you on their swim team, right? Or is it a different? Or or you were saying you're not? It's not. You don't compete in terms of you being the fastest. This is more about marathon. So, I mean, what have you? I mean, I'm sure colleges are happy to hear about your swimming accomplishments. How has that been working out? Yeah, so um, I do not plan on getting committed to go to college. I plan on going through um, academically because I, in college I want to focus primarily on my academics and then be able to swim on my own time. Um, and then another uh-huh. thing is, as you mentioned, um, I don't really like to swim in the pool and try to be the fastest person there. So it's not my intention to go to college for swimming. Um, and also, the type of swimming I do, there's only one college, I believe, that does take people for open water swimming, but majority of colleges just take swimmers that are doing pool swimming. Which is the one that takes the marathon swimmers? Um, I think it's Trinity. But you didn't apply there? Um, well, I haven't started applying yet. I've started writing my application, but I plan on um, submitting my applications in November. Oh, I see. yeah, right. Okay. So um, so are you going to apply to Trinity as well as some others? Um, yeah, I may. The issue is there's so many places that I would love to go to, and um, so I don't want to overwhelm myself by applying to too many schools, but um, I am definitely considering it as one of the schools I'll apply to. Uh-huh. And do you know yet what you want to major in in college? Um, yes. Yeah, so I want to major in business and minor in environmental studies, uh, dual minor, so environmental studies and nonprofit organization. Okay. So I let me guess. <laughs> you hope to, um, you hope when you are graduated from college, you hope to start a nonprofit that helps the environment. Is that a good guess? <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I have a lot of different ideas of what I want to do, so I definitely do want to work in both nonprofit work and then also environmental work. Um, but then I also love helping children, and um, I also, but I also do want to work in the business field. And so this summer, I actually did a entrepreneurship program where I made my one of my first or a first my first business, and so I continue doing that. Mm-hmm. 
And and what was your business? Um, so I made it with another group of high school students who are from around the world, and our business works um, in the smart home division. So we made smart lights for um, people's homes where they can install a sensor and the lights will change depending on the outside light. So if it's super bright outside, the lights in your home will dim, and then if it's super dark outside, the lights in your home will brighten. That's very clever. Okay. (laughs) Now tell me about your relationship with your sister. (laughs) Are you competitive with each other? Um, I mean, first of all, let me say all brothers and sisters, you know, siblings, um, there is a thing, I'm sure you've heard of sibling rivalry, so there is some sibling rivalry amongst all siblings. So, but you and your sister, you know, are, 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 are doing all these feats or are, um, so what, is there some rivalry or is it hard to, uh, uh, are there some issues in your relationship? <laughs> Um, me and my sister are very close. We do a lot of things together, and um, we are definitely competitive, but it's definitely a friendly competition. Um, so, like, for example, I did my first Alcatraz swim when I was 11 years old, so my sister did her first Alcatraz swim when she was 10, just show that she's like, oh, I did it when I was younger. But um, we just have, like, <laughs> friendly competitions, and we're very, my sister's very supportive of what I do, and I'm very supportive of what she does. And we both have um, separate interests, but we always hang out together and always um, are doing something together. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, that's interesting. She had to do it at 10. Okay. And what about boys and dating? Do your, are your parents strict? Um, I, no, I don't think so. I, I typically don't go in to date people because I have a lot of things going on, so I don't really have time for that, but, um, maybe in college. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, I don't know where you would fit it in if you're getting <laughs> up at 3.30. <laughs> Besides, boys are very tiring. <laughs> More tiring than swimming around Alcatraz, let me tell you. <laughs> And what about, like, in school? Like, how do other, um, I mean, you said you're going to a private school, so I assume that a lot of the other kids are overachievers, too. But, like, how, how, how are, are other kids reacting to what you do? Um, I typically don't talk about it much at school just because, um, I don't know, it's just, not something I like to bring up all that much, but I do sometimes will post occasionally about it. So a lot of my friends know what I do, and um, they're really nice about it, but it's not, like, something that they we talk about a bunch. Um, but the swim you are talking about earlier, the escape from Alcatraz to escape from poverty, was actually, I organized it for a group of high schoolers. So a bunch of high schoolers from my school did the swim from Alcatraz to shore, to um, make sure that, or to raise money for Children International, and so we were able to do that as a team. And so I'm, what I'm hoping is to be able to bridge the, like bring um, high schoolers and just people that I know to be able to do open water swimming, but then also to raise money for Children International. Well, that's great. Yes, that's a great way to do it, to get other people, of course, I would imagine that's not easy because um, I, I can't imagine that other kids in your school um, have as much experience and, and, and exercise as much, I mean, practice as much as you do. Wasn't that, how, how many miles was that, that the escape from Alcatraz to escape from poverty? So that swim is um, 1.5 miles. It's um, it's, so it's a swim from Alcatraz Island to shore, and it's a really popular swim, so a lot of people know about it, but it's um, a pretty short swim. I see. Okay. Well, then that makes sense. <laughs> you yeah, don't want to lose a, your friends. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good introduction into open water swimming, so I, I think it's like a great way for people to start, and then after they do um, that swim, they can do more and more swims. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, well, I, we're, we're getting near the end of the show, and I don't want to run out of time before you have a chance to tell people how they can donate to 
um, the organization that you're a spokesperson for, Children International. Tell them about that. Right. So I am actually launching a two-year campaign for Children International. Um, Children International, just to give a brief overview, it helps kids around the world, um, actually in 10 countries, including India, Colombia, Honduras, and many more, um, escape the cycle of poverty. And so they focus on four different pillars. They focus on health, education, empowerment, employment. And so we've been talking a lot about education because it's something that is super important in my life and something that I'm like currently applying to colleges. So I decided that for these next two years, I will be raising money for um, primarily the Hope Foundation that Children International has for kids to go and pursue a higher education. And so you can, it's pretty easy to donate. You can go to crowdrise.com slash angels um, dash hope. So crowdrise.com slash A-N-G-E-L-S dash hope. Wait, could you, wait a minute. Could you spell that, please? Yes. So crowdrise is C-R-O-W-D-R-I-S-E dot com backslash angels, A-N-G-E-L-S. Hope H O P E and um, another thing you can do if you want is go to children.org and that's Children International's website where you can sponsor a child and so my family currently sponsors six children um, and so when you sponsor a child it's thirty six dollars a month but you help a child for throughout the whole um, childhood um, giving them education health empowerment employment. That's amazing. This is an amazing organization, and they are very fortunate to have you as their spokesperson because you are the embodiment of um, the stamina, energy, drive that kids need to have to be able to get out of poverty uh, and to get an education and so on, to overcome all the obstacles that they have in the countries that you were mentioning and, and uh, and I'm sure the other countries where where they don't have as many, um, they're not as fortunate as people who live in America. So this is um, so again. Let me just tell, remind people the swim Angel Swim is July 27th. She's going to swim across Estero Bay. If you want to donate on her uh, in her name, I mean the easiest one to remember. If you the crowd rise is great, and then there's just children.org, children.org. And um, you can sponsor a child and you can tell them that you're doing whatever you're donating um, is for is on behalf of Angel. So I wish you good luck in your upcoming swim and in all of the other challenges you're going to take on in your life. And I'm sure you're going to do swimmingly. So thank, thank you, you, Angel, so and thank you all for listening. <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.